So hi Vanila, welcome to this episode of uh, the Big Unlock uh, podcast. It was started by a dear friend Paddy Padmanabhan of Demo Consulting and I am actually carrying on Paddy's legacy with these podcasts. So Paddy had done 140 of these, believe it or not, and yes. I did the 141st one with one of my Harvard Medical School colleagues by the name of NJ and today we are talking about the 142nd one. with you vinita privileged <laughs> yeah thank you so would you like to start with a quick introduction and then i'll introduce myself as well and then we can get into some nice discussions yeah sure i'm vinila yanam reddy chief information officer for united medical center which is also known as not for profit hospital corporation in uh, washington dc that's great so how long have you been there vinila almost 6 years so i'm rohit mahajan i am now the managing partner and ceo of uh, demo consulting so what i would like to ask you vanila is that uh, what interests you in the healthcare industry segment to become the uh, cio of a hospital system uh, like you have at uh, the united medical center in dc So I got to tell you a small story where it all began. Right about when I was in 7th or 8th grade, you know my grandfather was uh, diagnosed with some blood clots in his brain and we were seeking for you know a lot of um, treatments back in India. Some of them were not diagnosed at that point of time and this was way uh, around 30 years back or something. and uh, you know back then the mri technology or the ct technology was not so advanced as it is right now mm-hmm. and uh, because of that it was um, missed and he could have lived longer yeah. and because i'm i'm very much attached to my family and that, that was the first i think the the most uh, saddest thing that i ever saw in the whole family and that's when i decided that Okay I think we I, I need to get into this technology field where we could uh, help the clinical world and help a lot of people so that's where it all began and 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 I uh, pursued my biomedical engineering from JNTU one of the colleges in JNTU in Great. India and then I pursued my masters in biomedical informatics from Rutgers School of Health Professions New Jersey that's true. awesome So how long uh, Vanilla have you been in the leadership position at this hospital system and where is it located and what kind of population does it serve So I've been in this leadership position about about 6 years I joined as a director and then I'm a CIO and uh, uh, this hospital is located east of the Anacostia River in DC wards 7 and 8 and uh, we currently serve 200,000 residents in our primary focus area and then about 2 million of our secondary population area so it's a pretty big population is it do you find it a uh, very diverse in terms of the population over there yeah it's not very diverse but uh, we do serve a majority of medicaid patients at our facility that's good to know so while you have been there many years vanila you have done a lot of work from technology perspective to obviously support the business needs of the hospital you've done over 200 applications and you've kind of transformed the emr system over there as well so would you like to share with the audience on what are some of the thought process that drove those changes and what were some of those changes that you were able to implement successfully 
I will, um, the hospital underwent, you know, many management changes, uh, believe it or not, like every year there was a new management. So it has been a very rough road for the hospital and, and the population it serves. And uh, there were about 50 projects that were on hold or in progress that, you know, because of the changes in the leadership, every team would want to pursue projects in a certain way. So with that being said, um, you know, there were many hanging there without reaching its completion phase. And um, uh, some of them were like, they could not be integrated with our EMR. You know, since the hospital is so old, the EMR or the applications are are very old as well. They are their legacy systems where, you know, the new technology wouldn't, they are not compatible for integrations. So what we had to do is that we had to determine, you know, the overall goal for the management that I was in and to prioritize all the projects that would immediately give significant success to the management team. And I learned it somewhere that where they say, you know, these type of arrangement, the silo ITs, where every department would purchase their own application without consulting the centralized IT, and uh, they would want to just either implement it or, you know, there are many web-based applications. So people, the departments can procure themselves and, you know, they can start using, putting the information everywhere and, you know, all those sorts of things. So what we did was we worked closely with all the leaders and not only with the leaders, but the stakeholders, the end users themselves, because at that time, the leaders also didn't have, you know, the complete picture of what was happening in in their department. So we had to collectively form a task force and uh, we had to reconcile all applications from every department. And we reached out to every single end user, know their workflow and uh, prioritize these projects that were on hold or in progress. And um, we tightened up all role-based access and worked on all data sharing mechanisms. The next step was to revise old and old and uh, the ongoing policies and implement any new if we thought we needed one and got our security risk analysis done because of, you know, the plethora of applications we had. We had yeah. to get an external entity, get everything done and fix up our um, security issues. And earlier I mentioned about some projects that were in progress, but we couldn't attain completion, right? So as they couldn't be integrated further in our EMR, for those, we put together creative heads and created or built the bridge solutions because the ones in the market won't, you know, are not compatible with this one. So we worked up different kinds of solutions to bring something functionable. What we thought at that time would be standardized and customized for our hospital is what we did at that time. That's pretty significant achievement to bridge the gap across a very diverse set of applications and technologies and be able to bring all the stakeholders together. Mm-hmm. So you are well now on, on your journey of uh, digital transformation. That means various things to various people. I would like to ask you that what do you think about your digital transformation efforts and if you could describe you know a few of them which have had impact on the patient population 
And uh, I also understand that we are very fortunate at Demo Consulting that you have completed the digital maturity <laughs> assessment. And thank you for that. Well, thank you, because I found it very useful to measure against our peers or basically the industry standards to see if we were on the right path or not. So that that is the self-check is always important. That's great to know. So, And obviously, as you know, we'll be coming back to you with the results mm-hmm. and we'll be announcing some awards and winners as well in various categories. Uh, Vanila, please describe in your own you know way that what is digital transformation for provider systems such as yours? Where do you see it going? Some of the challenges that you might have faced and how did it actually end up impacting patients? So again, I would like to go back to the point where I started here because there's something like there are morning huddles, there are afternoon huddles, there are interdisciplinary action, a lot of things going on in the hospital, so which every hospital has it. So in the morning when I attended my first interdisciplinary meeting over here, the meeting was ran by that shift supervisor and they were presenting all the numbers to the team that who attended the huddle. And again, I noticed them jotting down all those numbers in a book and then, you know, thereby emailing those numbers to a bigger group after some time. And then this continued for the second day, the third day. And then I couldn't stop myself asking the whole team, how are you going to analyze this data and how are you going to make some informed decisions or how are you going to predict something if you are going this way? So I don't mean to criticize the way how it was done, but they were doing the best at that time with what they had and how they had to go with all the changes that was the, that were happening in the hospital. That day, we just decided, and I, I had a you know huge support from each and every one over here. I presented the idea, and it is not new because the rest of the world was already on it is to have live dashboards, uh, robust and advanced data analytics. And again, this is the biggest challenge because we were using so many island applications and a legacy EMR. Again, the readily available market tools were not going to work for us. We had to customize and build our own analytics platform. So we put together all our skills and people, and we built our own analytics platform. And it took us about a year and a half, but we were really um, into it. And I saw that hunger in all the physicians because they wanted to do informed decisions and the leadership too. So we were able to get that. We now have analytics throughout the hospital, providing real-time updates, alerts, and on-demand information, enhancing the patient care and operational efficiency. So every department relies on it. That's a very, very compelling story in the sense that you were able to bring everybody along. To discuss with you that, how did you you know, manage to change the mindset of the people? How did they manage to change themselves to adapt to this new world where technology, especially now we are talking about, I'm sure both of us will get into it on AI and and Gen AI and other new technologies which are coming our way. How do you change mindsets and change behaviors and change culture over there? I'm sure changing cultures, changing behaviors is very challenging. It's 
challenging, time consuming. But I must say that the leaders and the directors, everyone, they were envisioning the goals of the hospital, what we should do. But the only thing they were not having is how to approach. And that's where my specialty, my expertise comes from, because my specialization is in EMR. My specialization is in healthcare applications. So I bring that expertise in here. I did have a lot of cooperation, but I know there were some delays, but when we have the proper planning and when we can visualize what the big picture is and just you know envision them and show them some samples of how it would look like, then it would be really easy. That is good to know. Yeah. So, of course, if you can show something to someone, your picture is worth a thousand words, as Mm -hmm. they say, so I can completely understand that. So, would you like to provide one example of how these technologies, which you were implementing and you continue to be implementing in your hospital system, are accessible and usable by a variety, wide variety of users and, you know, a diverse population? including within the hospital and outside the hospital in terms of patients as well, right? So my focus always has been to identify and prioritize critical technology needs for immediate applications that can bring significant benefits to the hospital. Hospital meaning both. I have my clinicians and patients, both I give them equal weightage. The more clinicians can spend time with the patients is the more better for us. So right now, with all these regulations, I know the clinicians are always complaining about the more time they spend on documentation, going into any different types of applications than, you know, being there with the patient. So I try to gauge myself or my team's, you know, evaluation in how much time we can, you know, give it back to the clinician so they can go and... That's a great measure. That's with a great the patients. Measure. Yeah. Yeah. So I always look forward for that. And I hope, you know, all my all our clinicians can vouch for that. So basically balancing the need and preparing the staff is crucial. So we develop clear strategy, meaning outlining mm-hmm. the goals, timelines, expected outcomes. That I put more time into that. Because I know the team has the skills. What we have a small notion in our team is like. We do whatever it takes That's to great. get the outcome. We do whatever it takes. So we learn. We we are the whole team is very open minded. It's not that okay, your role is this. You you are going to do only. You know, you're going to sit there and just do this. No, we cross train ourselves. We are continuous learners. I myself, you know, I enroll into a number of courses that I can't even finish, but I keep learning. So I keep my team encouraging to do the same thing. So again, we assess the current skill set, identify the areas that are, you know, uh, that require improvement. We provide training. If we require specialized skill set, you know, we always have the option to hire, you know, that particular, if we have a dire need, we can, you know, always hire those seasoned professionals. Again, we prioritize user-friendly designs, making it easier for the users to adopt. Again, our main focus is end users. How can we improve their workflow? Always, uh, and one of the most important items that, you know, we have implemented is robust change management system. What is the current workflow and what are the changes 
that we are going to bring it and what's how is it going to impact? Is it simplifying it? Is it making it complex? If anywhere we think it is making complex, we just cut back because it's not worth it. That's we try to simplify the end user's workflow. That's amazing that you are able to achieve so many milestones. Uh, moving on, what I would like to talk, uh, Vanila, about your thoughts on uh, two things of obviously new and upcoming technologies like you know AI and Gen AI, of course. But before that, how do you do innovation? Like, how do you innovate? Do you involve external parties? Do you have some kind of a you know innovation focus department, or is it part and parcel of everybody's you know kind of like daily life? I think one thing that we have implemented is to have IT steering committee mm-hmm. where, you know, the main idea to address, you know, two main things. One is I am always in contact with the C-suite leaders, the directors, the managers, and make sure that I am aware of all their application needs. That's mm-hmm. one thing. And the IT steering committee what it does is whichever department wants to, let's say, I'll just give you an example. The anesthesia department wants to go completely electronic and they bring up an application and say, hey, I picked that because some of the anesthesia laws have experience in one application and they would want to go into that. And uh, if they bring that to the table, we have a formal request process, the project request process where they have to enlist all their requirements. They can bring, you know, some technical specifications as well. And as a whole team, the entire hospital, all the leaders will look into that requisition and they will vote on, you know, to move further or not, because based on the budget as well, the group will decide, okay, we have this budget. What is our dire need? So prioritization happens at that level. And then once we all agree that, okay, this department needs this application, you know, the C-suite level work is already done. Once the budget and that is done, we go to the stakeholders, the end users, because, you know, up above, they may have the overall idea, but day-to-day activities, I'm 100% sure even not me, will have that kind of hands-on experience. But what I would love to do and always have implemented this is to go back to the end user. We observe. It's not only just, you know, you're somewhere a thousand miles away and we don't know what's physically happening. We observe their workflow, physical workflow. We calculate, we take into the amount, account the amount of time that the complete workflow happens. And then how this Putting this application can enhance not only digital, but their day-to-day activities as well. So that level of thinking, thought process is put into. So this seems to be definitely, uh, you know, a robust thought process on how innovation can be achieved in in your environment. Mm-hmm. That's very good to know, Vanila. And now moving on to AI and Gen AI, what are your thoughts on these new technologies, especially Gen AI? Have you been experimenting with any predictive analytics or large language models? What would be your advice or thoughts to any other healthcare leaders on how to go about this journey of exploration? Oh, yeah. AI and advanced analytics are indeed shaping the future of care delivery and treatment plans. There are several ways in which these technologies are making 
significant impacts such as personalized medicine, you know, by analyzing vast amount of data, this allows for development of uh, personalized uh, treatment plans tailored to the individual patients. Again, predictive analytics for disease prevention. That's the most thing that we use over here. By analyzing historical patient data and patterns, you know, the algorithms can predict the likelihood of certain diseases or the health events way ahead of time. So definitely that's one thing that helps lowering the healthcare costs. Again, uh, one thing I always look towards is the efficient resource allocation. Advanced analytics can optimize resource allocation within healthcare organizations by analyzing patient flow, bed occupancy, and staffing schedules. So definitely that's one way to reduce wait times and improve overall patient experience. Again, you know, everyone knows remote patient monitoring, telehealth with with all this COVID pandemic, we are so much into the telemedicine now. Again, AI-driven analytics enable continuous remote monitoring of patients with chronic conditions. This allows uh, healthcare providers to detect early signs of deterioration, intervene promptly, and uh, adjust treatment plans without the need of the frequent uh, visits. One thing I was also looking into was fraud detection and prevention, where you know you can use AI algorithms in analyzing the claims data, identifying patterns uh, indicating of fraudulent yeah. activities in the healthcare billing. Not only uh, these, but AI and advanced analytics are also utilized for population health management, clinical trials, yeah. uh, natural language processing for data extraction, enhanced imaging, and their, you know, the analysis, reducing costs and contributing to more patient-centric and uh, proactive approach to the healthcare. Right. Lots of uses and applications of all these new technologies. So as they say, you know, hindsight is uh, always twenty twenty. So standing here now and looking back, if you were able to go back and change one thing, Vanilla, or, or whatever, two things, what comes to mind? What would you like to do differently or have done differently? So not, not differently, but one best examples in the recent times, again, I, I, I just said about the COVID-19 pandemic, our patients and clinicians definitely stepped up and went full scale on telemedicine for their care. They needed not only we were trying to expand telemedicine back then, but we had the adaption issues, you know, adaptation issues from both clinicians and patients. So, you know, using telemedicine over the traditional methods, just like the saying goes, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. Definitely COVID pandemic brought that different kind into a different kind of reality. Since our telemedicine platform was ready, embedded in our AMR with minimal infrastructure, we were able to serve our patients. So it has, you know, been a tremendous collaborative work from both our physicians and the patients to use, utilize the digital platforms. The only thing I am working towards, the whole team is working towards, is given the population, just as I described earlier, we are trying to implement a tech bar where, you know, when the patients are in, are in the waiting room, we would try to educate them about, you know, the uses of... Uh, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yes, the uses of, yeah. you know, how you can get to your patient portal, how you can, you know, look up your summary, how you can 
we already do that education right now when you know upon registration we do give them all that information yes. but we want to take one step ahead and see you know when while they are waiting you know there's help available we encourage them to try to encourage them to tell them the advancements of digital transformations and how this can help them better yeah i think that's a wonderful idea because you know everyone sitting there doing nothing in the waiting room and yeah. if you have a tech bar like you're describing and it's almost like a help desk and you can help the patients during that time that's wonderful we do so have we... the help desk for for our employees like yes. uh, our response time especially we we have like an internal communication system which mm-hmm. we have implemented within all of these projects as well it's tremendous the response times uh, to me if you if you text me in that my response time is 2 seconds oh wow okay. so that's how we have um, you know uh, come from very far away to this where we try to cater to the patient's needs that's awesome so i think that brings us to the great conclusion of this interaction i would like to thank you for participating vanilla on this podcast and also on the dgm assessments and the awards and i would like to end obviously by making a plug for demo consulting a new service offering which we have just launched in the market it is live on our website so we are going to be offering gen ai workshops for the c-suite and these will be available to our clients and potential clients to be done in person at their site so that they can bring their c-suite together on this wonderful new technology So with that I would like to ask you if there's anything else you would like to say in conclusion That's fantastic. I think companies like yours uh, should definitely bring the technology together for the C-suite leaders because the reality is completely different while the technology is developing at a super fast pace in the outside world but what happens in reality in hospital is is completely different. Yes. There are different day to day you know minute to minute challenges that the teams face and it's good for um you know companies like you are putting together educational courses like this yeah i'm very very glad to be a part of it oh thank you so much 